0: This is the epilogue audio experience. I felt when I my God brought me from Hinduism to Islam, there is a reason for that. Why did he do that? As you said, universe has planned for us. And somehow that's the time I felt he wants me to be using my skills to let people know what Islam is. It was such an important task for me. It was just coming from within, you know. And I said, I have to do this. I want to bring the positive of Islam to mainstream in America because maybe that's why he brought me all the way from Rajasthan to America.
1: Hello everyone, welcome to Where East Meets West, our special collaboration between Epilogue and America Meditating Radio. I'm your host, Sister Dr. Jenna, but my friends call me Sister Jenna. It's my pure wish to see how these two worlds, India and the rest of the world, but especially India and America, actually come together to share their gifts and their talents. Is something that's been very deep in me from a child being half Indian and half African and just looking at the world from this particular lens within my consciousness that I just don't take sides. I just know there's a solution. There's a way for everyone to be happy. So this particular program and show is all about bridging divides. It's about us being able to acknowledge and recognize what are your strengths and how can we work together to make the world a better place. My special guest today is a phenomenal woman who's basically just living out her life. But yet, her living of her life is phenomenal. And yet to her, It's all Allah. It's all God. Everything is fine, right? And we want more of this energy in the world so that we can reduce the energy of ego and really allow the energy of truth and divinity and love to come forth. But let me introduce her just a tad bit. And of course, these introductions never tell the full detail of the depths of these incredible individuals on our planet. Born in the Sindh and Hindu traditions in Rajasthan, India, Salma Arastu embraced Islam and moved to the United States in 1986. As a woman, artist, and mother, she works to create harmony by expressing the universality of humanity through paintings, sculptures, and calligraphy. At birth, though, she was given the life-defining challenge of a left hand without fingers. Seeing the unity of an all-encompassing God, she was able to transcend the barriers often set forth in the traditions of religion, culture, and cultural perceptions of handicaps. Now, her personal triumphs have been defined and shaped by the simple principle of faith in the Divine as the compelling force which has guided her life and her work. Salmi is a graduate in Fine Arts from Maharaja Sayaj Roe University in Baroda, India and has presented her work and given talks at Stanford University, the Commonwealth of San Francisco, Seattle University, Graduate Theological Union at Berkeley, to name just a few. As a visual artist, she has had 45 solo shows nationally and internationally has won several prestigious awards. Her public art pieces are on display in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, San Diego, California, and she has written and published five books on art and poetry. Her new book, which we will talk about today too, is titled Our Earth, Embracing All Communities. Let's welcome Salma Arastu to Where East Meets West. Salma, very warm welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for giving me this opportunity.
1: Your parents were Hindus who fled their home in Pakistan in the 40s when things were really, really rough. And you were born in Rajasthan, India later, but you overcame your family's resistance and converted to Islam. What led you to make that decision?
0: The decision was just because, to be very honest, this man just offered love. and he did not care if I had my fingers on the left hand or not, whether I'm Hindu, whether I'm Sindhi. He just said that he loves me. And I think that love was so pure and so true. I felt the within me, I could feel that, you know, vibrations. And somehow I felt it's ordained from my God. Like, believe me, I used to think, because that's how I was brought up. My mother from the childhood led me towards God. And she said, he will take care of you. Just call him, he will answer you. And then she was very spiritual. And and she also gave me this faith that we are all one. As I was growing up with Ajmer. Ajmer is a city in Rajasthan, and which is also a very important place for Muslims, as well as Hindus because of Pushkar, and uh, uh, the masjid, uh, masjid, you know, there. Sorry for a second, I'm Kwaja Mayuddin Chishti. So um, this is what she was. She came from Pakistan, she, she lost everything. She lost her home and all positions, but still she was of this faith that we are all one. And at the same time, she gave me this, that if you don't have your hand, there's a reason why God created you for in this world. So you have to find that reason. And somehow right from childhood, drawing and painting became that vital for me and uh, writing also. So this is how I was growing up. And when I met this man, he offered me and I accepted despite the, I upset my family a little bit. I know my brother was very angry, but my mother was with me and I'm so grateful Because she said, now it's your uh, destiny, but my blessings are with you. Salma, how old were you? I was 21.
1: Okay, so you were pretty adult. So it wasn't like puppy love at 15, 16, 17.
0: (laughs) No. In fact, you wouldn't believe I tried my best to avoid it. But when I'm continuously, I felt from inside me that this is where I have to go. And except Islam was not a problem in my heart because my God was saying, I'll come with you. Yes. You know, it's, it's sort
1: of sad the way the world has defined the religion of Islam and how they blamed Islam for so many things. And I've had countless conversations with people, even educated people think like that. And I've had countless conversations with people. The religion is not the problem, it's the people who propagate the religion. So there's a misunderstanding. And I think once we can understand that, don't put every Muslim, every Jew, every Hindu in the same box, they're not. These are individuals who are comfortable with the belief system, are comfortable with a culture, are comfortable with a ritual, but it has everything to do with the individual. And your husband sounds like he was one of those good examples for Islam. Your paintings use Islamic calligraphy in non-traditional way. Tell us about your work, how you got started, and the message that your art conveys.
0: Yeah. So as I told you, I got married. That time, 21, 22, I, just finished, I was just in my master's, final 22, yeah, final year of master's. And then uh, after marriage, he didn't want to stay in India because of the conflicts in the families. So he got a job in Iran and uh, um, we moved to Iran, stayed there for three years, you know. And before the revolution, and uh, somehow I was so fascinated by the calligraphy on the mosques and every place in Isfahan. And I was just trained as an artist, and I was doing abstracts, but this calligraphy set in my heart. Like, you know, I can't describe it, but it was sitting deep in my heart. I used to copy that line the lyrical line and then got the you know the inside inspiration to learn Arabic to learn Quran because till then I hadn't learned about Islam in that sense you know like I learned how to pray as soon as I got married because without prayer I cannot live so I had to pray and I knew I have a different ritual to pray and I accepted that and I was doing it but here I was really involved and uh, I tried to learn the calligraphy. I mean, not the classical way, but I started copying it and tried to learn Arabic because I wanted to know what these words convey. So that has been a long journey. Like, you know, slowly, nobody pushed me. Nobody really told me you have to do this. But it was my inner need. And slowly, gradually, my God, my Allah has directed me. And I'm so grateful today. I found the... Miracles, and I found the magic in this, whatever you say. It's a piece of the (laughs)
1: piece. Tell me something. Um, What's the spiritual connection with calligraphy and the soul? Because there's something so beautiful in it. I've seen it in Japanese writing, in Chinese writing, in Arabic, in Hindi. There's just something that connects the soul, you know, like with Hindi, Urdu, um, Sindhi, uh, or Arabic, uh, you know, the, the, the strokes are different, you know, than I look at Japanese or Chinese. It's a little different. Uh, how do you feel it connects to you at a soul level?
0: I really don't know. But all I know, this lyrical line in Arabic especially, which I was really taken so deeply because it connects me to humanity. It connects me to my God. Some, somehow, I can't tell you, but as an artist, I feel it. And because I was so spiritual, and I think also after learning Quran, after knowing the meaning of the words, it gave me more sense. It gave me more sense into these lines, that they, they are so full of meaning, you know. So that gave me more faith, and that's how it became more clear in my work that this is where I want to go, you know. Right. So it has been developed over years. Um, I
1: love how things have a way of organically emerging in our lives. And we might have planned one thing and then the destiny and the universe says, you know what, I've got something else in store for you. So don't think you are fully in charge. You know, in America, we've been seeing a lot of various scenes and we've been through a lot too. 9-11 was no less. I can't believe that event even ever took place. But as a result of 9-11, Muslims were really being questioned, and they were treated really, really bad. How did that affect you, and why did you start to take your art t- to the public? What was the message that you wanted to convey?
0: Yeah, see, being an artist, I was in a community uh, which were broad-minded. Luckily, I was in Pennsylvania at that time, 2001, and uh, I have visited World Trade Towers, and it was very dear to me. We used to go to New York to art galleries and museums, and Somehow, but anyway, I was attached to that place. And when I saw this thing online, it was a shock to me as well. And in fact, my daughter's wedding was fixed around that time, you know. And so immediately we postponed it because I didn't want anybody to get hurt, you know, because we are Muslims, our crowds will be Muslims. So we postponed it, that's a part, but it had direct impact on me. And I felt when I... My God brought me from Hinduism to Islam. There is a reason for that. Why did he do that? As you said, universe has planned for us. And somehow that's the time I felt he wants me to be using my skills to let people know what Islam is. It was such an important task for me. It was just coming from within, you know. And I said, I have to do this. I want to bring the positive of Islam to mainstream in America because maybe that's why he brought me all the way from Rajasthan to America. Who knows? That's what I believe. Yes, I and tell I, you, yeah. You never know. You never know what's so in the journey.
1: So, yeah. you know, coming from a Hindu background and from very traditional parents who – endured a lot with the rift in Pakistan in the 40s, um, where the Brits really played a very big role in that. Um, What is your definition of Islam?
0: It's peace and it's one. Allah is one and the whole humanity is one. This message is enough for me because I have seen enough caste system in Hinduism. I I feel so sad about the the Dalit. Uh, community there and when we came to America I thought wow I'm in a melting pot like here everybody is same but gradually and gradually I have learned a lot that root system is again the caste bound you know like how things work here and recently I've been reading this book caste also so it has really impact on me so what I'm trying to say that Islam gives me that peace because it tells me there's one humanity there's no difference the king or the slave or the white and black and you know like anyone is sitting together in prayer so that is such a great feeling that's that's what i'm looking for in my work to bring people together on one platform i'm looking for the circular paradigms not the power paradigms so so this is this is perfectly fits my personality i think isli allah brought me here so i'm grateful I'm really grateful. Beautiful. And I'm grateful to my mommy because my mother was like this, though she was Hindu, but she always said we are all one.
1: Important. Very, very, very important. You know, a lot of us talk about becoming one or having oneness, but we ourselves are divided within our own emotions and feelings and we can't even get along with our kids or our spouses or our in laws, you know, but yet we talk about wanting to be one. When we talk about oneness, Salma, what does oneness what does oneness look like to you? For me, it looks like everyone on the planet having self esteem. Exactly. <laughs> and so
0: dignity. like nobody has a problem with anyone, you know? I know. Justice and dignity for each and everyone. That's the dream I have. And that is the oneness. And Allah has given us that. You know, he, the, we are the human beings. We are forgetting the message. We are not looking at Quran properly. We are not reading it properly, not understanding properly. He has given justice and equality to all. The men and women, the king and the slave, or rich and poor. Like, there's no difference there. It's we, we. it's in our minds. It's, everything is in our minds, unfortunately. Yeah. So I look for that oneness and I pursue that in all my efforts, not only paintings, my writing, and also I have my social media. I have a oneness groups. Like I'm seeking oneness all the time.
1: It's interesting. It's interesting when we start to really check into what the part is in the soul because we all are souls we're all the room you know we've all entered the body to express what is recorded in the soul and you know uh, i find you being very intuitive where you could identify the fact that for you it's about a oneness journey for me it's about love and working together for a greater cause like no matter how many discussions I might get involved with or any decisions that I make, at the root of it, is there love in what you're doing? And are you willing to work together as a team to make some big difference happen, you know? So we all have like that call that's going on at a soul level. So you are an author again. So congratulations on, let me let me look at my paper so I can get it clear. Our Earth Embracing All Communities. Please tell us what's in that book. What can we expect?
0: (laughs) Oh, you know, as I told you, I've been reading Quran very regularly. And uh, I bring out the verses which talk about love, unity, friendship, and, you know, oneness from Quran. And I've been doing this large painting since last 12, 15 years. But since last three years, because I'm very conscious about the ecological damage we are doing, you know, I I can't deny that. So it so happened that suddenly I started finding verses in Quran, in my everyday reading, which talk about the ecological consciousness. And suddenly I thought my Allah is telling me to go this direction. You have to save the humanity, you have to bring the earth back and the gift, the beautiful gift that he has given us. So somehow, You wouldn't believe us. I did a lot of research online in Quran and the descriptions and I picked up 40 verses. There are many, but the 40 verses to begin with and 40 not at the same time. I picked a few. I started paintings on that. And um, basically, I was trying to convey Allah's message about the ecological consciousness to the world. So, I'm so grateful that it happened. And last year, because of pandemic, I was sitting in my studio all the time and I was working on this project. I got the grant for this project because, yeah, I got a big grant from East Bay Community Foundation and I was... Last March, I got it, and it was a perfect time because from March until August, I was sitting in my studio completing my project. Though I had already done six, seven paintings, but then now I took up these 40 verses and tried to complete the project. And um, so I had the verses with me only and the paintings, but I wanted the descriptions also. So I was so lucky to find Dr. Basma Abdul Dafar, She's in Canada. I met her through Zoom meetings, and she's an amazing scholar and... I don't know how to say, she's simply in plain words, she explains Quran to you. So I asked her, please kindly write the description for my, this book also. So, so she, she did a beautiful description. So I got a beautiful essays from Imam Zed Shakir and Desi Khan and other good, well-known people. And Alhamdulillah, so I did the self-publishing, that's true. Last year, uh, sorry, this year in February, it was published. But now I have to tell you the best part, the blessing that Allah has given, that this book was by Basma uh, Abdul Ghaffar. She showed it to her her publisher, Makazid.org. And they loved it. And they said, this has to reach each and every one. So they have taken up the big publication and the distribution It's going to be published in Italian and English. And worldwide distribution. So, see, these things are these are blessings from Allah. These are all I didn't know. I had only the intention that I want to bring so out. these.
1: you must be so thrilled about that because yes, you're actually fulfilling a call, and the call is being recognized by the it, world. Huh?
0: That is the beauty, you know. That's the beauty. If you remain in, you know, sub, sub. I mean, submissive to Allah. That's what I believe.
1: Yeah, I do. So, So let me ask you something. Um, What would you tell somebody who seems to be stuck in believing that Islam is like this? I mean, I've heard so many varying conversations, oh, Muslims are like this, or Muslims are like that. And I go, what do you mean? I don't understand. Uh, I've met so many beautiful people who are practicing Islam, and so... Uh, I kind of get very, you know, concerned when individuals generalize people, especially in religious packages. So let's say that you bumped into somebody who is anti-Muslim. What would you tell them?
0: I would tell just the same thing. Like, I'll talk about the love. I said, you haven't seen the, the beautiful part of this flag. Like, you haven't known, which you should know first. Because that's the main problem. We are in fear of other one because we don't know. That is the main thing, the ignorance. So I try my best. In fact, right now, I'm getting involved into holding groups, coming together on Zoom has provided that possibility to me to uh, organize these groups. And I call it so that you know each other. If you know in the verse of Quran, it says that Allah created all human beings from one pair, one Adam and Eve, and then the whole communities were created from that. And He made you into nations and tribes. He doesn't say He turned into races and religions or not. No, He says nations and tribes so that you know each other. And that verse is sitting in my heart. And I always talk about this verse to anybody whom I meet. Who is talking against Islam? I said, come, we'll talk about it. And because Allah created us to know each other, He didn't create us to dislike each other or argue or, you know, hate each other, but we have to know each other. It's so important. So I, I insist <laughs> in, a, in a loving way, you know, I, I don't try to give sermons and all that. But I said, come and see my art, read my poems, I share. And then, you know, that's what I do. But luckily, luckily, Alhamdulillah, I should say, I don't find in my uh, circle anybody so, so angry or staunch. That's so, that's so
1: beautiful. That's so beautiful. We need to have friends that are vibrating at a much higher level of consciousness. Do you happen to have any of your poems off the top of your mind that you could
0: recite one for us today? Sure. So I'll read um, two, actually, just to create show you the, something. So this one is about Islamophobia, you know. I did this painting and I wrote this poem. <laughs> Allahu Akbar. It is a call to my prayers. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. I pray every morning, every day, every night with gratitude in my heart and in my mind. God is great. God is great, God is great. The terrorist comes and hijacks this phrase of mine. Seeking Allah's help for an action not right. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. And media picks up. And media picks up, interprets killer God is great. Who is giving permission to kill the innocent? We respond with fear, hatred and violence. Leaders rise to bend the Muslim's call to pray, creating more chaos upon chaos. All this is happening because of our ignorance. Allah, hopper, Allah, hopper, Allah. Hopper. And now this one is very important, just the one poem. I call it ocean of humanity. Do not lose faith in humanity. It is vast, limitless, spread out ocean. It does not get dirty with a few drops of dirt at one end. On the other end, look at the sparkling waves gushing forward to cover it. No evil human powers can destroy its beauty. They only cry for our attention and invite us to advance with force and dignity. Do not shake with fear at the mere bomb blast or several gunshots. Rise with determination like these waves. Do not stop at these are only warnings sent in lots. Move with intention to clean and heal the naked wound of humanity. Do not blame anyone as the evil ones are also part of this humanity, designed and destined to be with us to test our humanity. Ignore them and learn to live with patience and power to heal. It is within you, O humanity. Humanity is an ocean, life-giving and eternal. Can few drops of evil destroy this glorious unity? I believe in it, so I just wanted to read. Oh,
1: those were fantastic. You know, I've always wanted to do poetry because I think it comes from such a deep soul, soul level, and the way you just found those words and put them together to have such meaning is it's a talent, isn't it? It's an absolute it's a blessing. talent.
0: It's a blessing. I just don't know how to describe it. I don't plan anything. Believe me, they just flow out. And I, and hardly many, few times I do the edits, but normally it's the first flow, you know, of the, the words. That's it.
1: I got it. So I'm going to put you through what I do called rapid spiritual fire. I'm going to mention a particular word and you just have to tell me what's the first word that comes to the screen of your mind. You ready?
0: Let's hope, yeah. (laughs)
1: Let's hope. Paint or drawing? Paint. Coffee or tea?
0: Tea.
1: The beach or the park? Beach. Beach, I'm mm, like a beach water. person. Yeah, I like water.
0: not the swimming, but I like the water. Water is my inspiration. Or religion, God,
1: God or religion, God, soul, or body, soul, laughter, or peace, peace. Mm, thank you. <laughs> Look, Salma, it's been great having you, and you are such an extreme delight. And you feel like a mother, like a world mother, that we just want to hug you and um, sit in your gallery and just paint away, you know?
0: Yeah, thank you, much. Yeah, come over sometimes. <laughs>
1: We would definitely love that. So, Selma Arastu, all the very best. Um, thank you so much for your time and energy as you join us on where East meets West. Thank all you,
0: right. I'm grateful for this sharing with everybody. My work because that's a blessing again
1: (laughs) beautiful thank you you.
0: all right everyone so thank you so much for
1: joining us on where east meets west and if you'd like some more information or or you were inspired by something that salma said drop us a dm a direct message either on epilogue or on america meditating radio and if there's a particular guest that you're intrigued by that you'd like me to interview please email and let us know we would love to dig into their hearts and in their minds and to share them with you and the rest of the whole world really think about this you know no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission and i'm suspecting that we're actually here to learn to love each other the same you take good care
0: thanks again for joining us have a wonderful day